Hello, everyone. You are listening to Grandpa's Tales of Terror. Let us continue with Knuckle, Chapter 2, and find out what is going on with Nicholas. Now close your eyes and let your imagination carry you into a world of fear and horror. <laughs> Hearing the news of what happened in the world the past two days, for the first time since he recorded it, there was a story regarding a driver of a truck that had hit parked cars and flipped. Nicholas recognized that it was the truck that had gone through the four-way stop sign that day. The truck had lost its front right wheel, which caused it to veer, hitting the parked cars and flipping. The driver lived, but had broken his jaw, cracked several ribs, busted his femur, and had his foot crushed. The next news segment recorded had a story about a pedestrian that, while walking in front of a construction site, had been hit in the head by a piece of concrete from a construction company that was driving piles past the noise bylaw due to them being behind in construction. When the pile was hit, a piece broke off in the protective frame and hit the person in the back of the head. The report said that the person had life-altering changes, not specifying what they were, but it did not sound good at all. The name and identification were being withheld due to the age of the individual. The police were asking for anyone's help if they had any information regarding this incident. Nicholas deleted the recordings and resumed cable television. Before going to bed, he went and looked at the passenger side of the sedan again. He was wondering if the dent and loud bang he heard that day was the piece of concrete ricocheting off the person's head and hitting the sedan. It was the twin girl's fifth birthday. Friends and family were invited. Other children were there to celebrate who belonged to friends of Nicholas and Patricia. As the party was wrapping up, one of the last families to leave was Nicholas's best friend, Murray. They had grown up together, roomed together at university. Him and his wife, Tina, were the twins' godparents, and if something else were to happen. Murray and Tina also had two children, one between the two of them and one from a previous relationship. Both families were close. When they were leaving, Murray gave Nicholas a shot, a tease, a chaff. Nicholas responded by the good old-fashioned male response and gave him the finger, jokingly, <laughs> of course. At 3 a.m., the phone rang in the bedroom of Nicholas and Patricia. Groggily answering it, he sat up quickly and rubbed his eyes to help adjust himself to being awake. Patricia, turning on the bedside lamp, tugged at his arm to find out what was going on. Nicholas gently waved his hand and said into the receiver, If you need anything, let me know. 
After hanging up and turning the bedroom light on, he proceeded to get up and go to the bathroom. Patricia asked her question again. After finishing and walking back into the bedroom, Nicholas told her that Murray had been mugged and was shot going to get milk. For the 911, what's your emergency? Patricia asked if Tina needed help. Nicholas answered by saying she didn't mention it. She just told me that he was in surgery and that he said that if she needed anything, to let him know. Patricia looked at him, shaking her head, and wholeheartedly told Nicholas that he was being selfish and an asshole. Patricia got out of bed and started getting dressed. Nicholas asked what she was doing. She responded by saying that his best friend had just been mugged, shot, and his wife called saying she needed help but was too proud to ask. Before leaving the bedroom, she turned to Nicholas and told him to stay home and look after the girls. She went on and said not to wait up, to go to bed and be his selfish, doesn't even know what a best friend is kind of asshole and think about it. She then proceeded to slam the bedroom door. Thankfully, it didn't wake the girls. Nicholas was quite aware of his finger and the relationship of the incidents. Once his chance, twice his coincidence, and three times is a pattern. He had restrained from using his finger to find out if there was a correlation, and, since not using it, there were no accidents, or anyone having life-altering changes, and not just the pedestrian, but also his best friend, Murray. Some of the lead shot from the shotgun hit Murray in the head, unfortunately regressing his intellectual ability and regrettably would be someone that others would call a vegetable. Nicholas had visited him a couple of times, Patricia still helping Tina. Today was the day when Nicholas felt confident that his finger did not do anything wrong. Driving to work, no matter what, he refrained from using his middle finger. Driving home and coming up to the same crosswalk as where the pedestrian had been, a mother with a stroller, her goo-goo grapefruit jogging-slash-yoga pants, as bright as the morning sun, with a splash of the ingredients of a Mai Tai, ran in front of him, pushing the stroller, not using the crosswalk button. Again, Nicholas screeched to a halt as the blonde figure ran past him, waved, and smiled. Nicholas didn't look at her, but at the stroller. He didn't want the little one that could have been a child, a dog, or a cat, or perhaps all three, to hear the horn, or perhaps the language that would come out of their mother's mouth. But as she passed, she smiled and waved, laughed, and when she turned around, Nicholas gave her the finger, I'll bet quickly, with a little middle. Supper was done, children to bed, Patricia had also gone to bed, and Nicholas was watching the news. Hello. 
and welcome to GTOT News. We have a breaking story that is happening right now as we speak. What you are seeing is live at a house fire where firefighters are having a very hard time making their way in to rescue a mother and her daughter. Apparently, there was also a cat and dog missing. The only other occupant was the husband and father that firefighters were able to rescue. We will keep you up to date as more information is received. And remember, you heard it first on GTOT News. Oh, everybody, please, if you're watching, uh, stand by. Oh, apparently we have just received a picture of the family. Upon seeing the picture, Nicholas immediately turned off the television. Lying in bed, Nicholas stared at the ceiling. He was running what had happened through his mind over and over. Finally, the arms of sleep wrapped themselves around him, perhaps squeezing a bit too tight. It was them. The Goo Goo Grapefruit Yoga Slash Running Pants Blonde and all three. A dog, a cat, and a baby. This is what Nicholas was dreaming of. He saw everything, replaying the crosswalk in his mind. Then he was seeing the fire in the house. The mother and baby were trapped, surrounded by fire. Then the dream started again at the crosswalk, but at this time, the mother's burned beyond recognition, pushing a fire-damaged stroller, a small charcoal-colored arm hanging out. There also was a cat with all of its fur burnt off, and a dog who was missing ears due to them being severely burned. As he stood at the crosswalk, everything disappeared. He was by himself on a deserted street. He heard a noise behind him, turned, and saw an old lady raise her hand, pointing at him, mumbling something that he couldn't quite hear. Then the ground started to shake violently. When he opened his eyes, he realized that Patricia was shaking him. Hey, wake up. sat up right away. She asked if everything was okay. After a few seconds, he told Patricia about his nightmare. Patricia got up and said to Nicholas that she had to get to work for a meeting but he could tell her all about it at supper. When dinner was finished, the girls asked if they could be excused to go and play. Patricia said, of course, and started clearing the dishes off the table to put in the sink. Nicholas had retreated to the living room and proceeded to pour himself a brandy. Behind him, Patricia asked him to pour her one also. They both sat down on the couch, Nicholas handing her her brandy and then sitting back. Taking a sip, she asked him about the dream he had last night. Nicholas chuckled and proceeded to tell her everything from the day when he turned 30. The driver of the truck, the pedestrian, Murray, the mother and her child. How he had given them all the finger, two in anger and two just joking around. In fact, Nicholas said, he didn't even point it at the mother and her child, that it was quick. Then he told her about the dream, the fire, and an old woman. Patricia looked at him and asked who the old woman was. He shook his head and said that he didn't know who it was. 
She was old and dressed differently. Different how, asked Patricia. Nicholas answered, whatever she was wearing was very old also. After putting the girls to bed, they continued the conversation into the night, polishing off the bottle of brandy and a couple of shooters. Then the lights went very dim, giggling was heard, the rustling of clothing, then the sound of the creak. Not a creak of the couch, oh no, the sound of the creak that was coming in the open window in the living room that ran past their backyard. They don't buy cheap furniture. The next day was the weekend, so yard work had to be done. Nicholas opened the garage door to get out the lawnmower. The batteries being fully charged were placed into their respective spots and he proceeded to start cutting the grass. His neighbor, Charles, was outside also trying to start his lawnmower. Charles pulled and pulled, the mower would not turn over. Nicholas walked over to him and asked if he needed a hand. Their relationship was good. They were neighbor friends. Charles, after another tug, stood up, putting his hands on his back. He told Nicholas that he wasn't being successful at starting this piece of crap. Nicholas, bending down, took the gas cap off and peered inside. Smiling, he replaced the cap and told Charles, laughing, that he was out of gas. Charles shook his head and said he didn't even think of that. Good-naturedly, Charles said he owed him one and to come over and have a beer. Walking backward, Nicholas replied, pointing at Charles, and said, You got it. Nicholas then went back to cutting his grass. As he turned away from Charles's garage, he heard a small explosion, then the screaming. Turning around, he saw Charles run out of the garage on fire. Nicholas was mesmerized by the dancing flame, the screaming, a chaotic battle cry turning a beat on a drum. Water hit him in the face. Charles's wife was desperately trying to put out the fire with a garden hose. The water brought Nicholas back. Looking down and seeing Charles still burning, another person that lived on the street put out the fire with an extinguisher. Someone else had already called emergency services. Sirens could be heard. Once hearing them and looking into the sound's direction, Nicholas turned around, took the lawnmower, put it into the garage, and closed the door. When Patricia got home from her errands, the police tape was still up around the area of the garage and into the front yard of Charles's home. Pictures were still being taken by police. Once inside, she saw Nicholas sitting on the couch, visibly shaking and drinking a rather large brandy. Patricia sat down beside him, looked at him, and asked what was wrong. Nicholas looked at her, started to cry, saying that everything was his fault. She then asked him what was he talking about. He then proceeded to tell her what happened. To Charles. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no.